Welcome to Language During Mealtime. Certified speech-language pathologist and children's book author Becca Eisenberg brings you creative professionals from the language learning and children's education field. With these ideas, parents can help their children with special needs improve language and reading abilities. Hi, my name is Becca Eisenberg. Welcome to my podcast, Language During Mealtime, episode number 68. Today, I'll be interviewing Holly Sharp. She is a new mom who realized that there weren't enough career-focused books out there for her daughter, so she wrote Dream It and Do It, a collection of 100 short stories based on real people who have followed their dreams. To learn more about Holly and her book, check out her website at dreamitanddoit.com. And just so for anyone out there, I just wanted to mention that she also has some like really nice free activities and some great ideas to, um, to work on with your children. So welcome, Holly. I'm really excited to have you on today. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I, I'm really excited to talk to you because I love your book. I've been reading um, your book with my son for about the past two or three weeks. And what I love about your book is that it's not just a book for kids, I feel like it's also a book for adults because I love learning new facts about different things and different people. And I- I've learned so much. So um, so let's start off a little bit. Um, if you could talk to me about Dream It and Do It, like, you know, just like how it's, how it's organized and what inspired you to write it. Sure. So I have an eight-month-old baby. Um, her name is Veronica. We call her Ronnie. And I was looking for books for her for her baby shower. So it's become this popular thing to do where instead of bringing people cards, you bring books and then write a little message inside of the book for the baby. So it got me thinking about like, well, what kind of books do I want in my child's library? And so I, I really spent some time looking for books about feminism, about diversity, about bullying, Um, And one of the things that I was also looking for was really just about the possibilities of the future, like who she could become, how to encourage her to find different interests. And when I went to go look for that book, I couldn't find it. And I found some wonderful books about specific careers, especially now that STEM is becoming really popular. So like Iggy Peck Architect or the Who Is series, like there's some really great, like singular books about like very specific one person or one career. But what I was really hoping to be able to teach her through reading was that there's a huge range of possibilities. My husband and I both study or are both in the business world. And I wanted her to see that like, there's more than just going to business school because that's what she'll know through us. So, um, I am a huge fan of the Rebel Girl series. In fact, I bought their first book. Oh, I love Rebel Girl series too. I have those books. Uh Uh-huh. And I bought it for my niece when she was about three years old and she's now eight and we've been reading it together ever since. So it's not just that it's a good book. Like it really, mm-hmm. like you can read it through the years, right? And what's funny is I sat down and wrote this book. Um, it was called Ronnie Rue, uh, What Can You Do? And I, I wrote it. And then at the end of it, I felt like, you know, I, I just don't feel like this makes me want to go be a material engineer or a economist or, you know, like at the end of it, I still wanted to be a ballerina. And that's not what I was trying to teach kids. I was trying to teach them that there's so many more opportunities. So I took this love for Rebel Girls and kind of revisited it and thought, why couldn't I do the same thing for careers where I choose a parade of diverse people and inspire kids, not just girls, girls and boys, to 
figure out what they can be through play, through inspiration, using real people that they can look up to, similar to how the Rebel, Rebel Girl style story works. So hopefully, you know, somewhere in those hundred stories, children can find someone that they're inspired by or some like learning about a career that they ne- it never would have occurred to them existed until reading about it in my book. Yeah. And I actually, I like how you brought that up, that you have women and men in your book, which I think is, which I think is great because I think that it's not that I don't love, like I actually have rebel girls and I also have like boys who dare to be different. So I have those books as well. Um, but I like how your book just has like a, like it has the girls and the boys. Um, so I think that's, that's really nice. And I just wanted to go into just the organization of it because I loved how you organized it into different category categories as far as like, um, careers. So like you have like artistic writers, artistic performers, um, designers and helpers, you know, as far as service and medical helpers for growth and nature, like lemonade stand, which I think a lot of kids could relate to product developers and discoverers. So I think it's, I think it's really interesting how you organize it. So I was just wondering if you could talk for a minute about like your thought process and how to organize these different stories. Sure. That part actually took me so much longer than I was thinking it would. So I was laid off when I was eight months pregnant and, you know, kind of figuring out what does one do when you are uncomfortable and can't really go do anything. But um, I, so I spent a lot of time in those last few months at the library, just researching like what are different jobs? Cause you know, obviously like I know a lot about business, but figuring out like what are different scientific careers, what are different artistic careers. And then the thing that really took some time was finding the people to write about. So it was important to me that these people were modern that they, um, cause I wanted to write about, you know, people today, um, and how they handled the technology and the adversity and, and things like that. Um, and I wanted it to be in their own words. So there's a lot of people that have biographies written about them or articles written about them, but I wanted to learn about them in their own words. So I searched for people who were either in a documentary or wrote their own autobiography or gave a talk somewhere. Um, and it was important to me that they not only just talked about what they knew, but about their childhood and, and how they became the person that they became. So once I had those hundred people identified, then I kind of worked to, to merge those two lists together. So what are these hundred jobs? Who are these people? And where can I find matches for, um, you know, what's the job and who's going to do it? And then to be honest, the, the sections kind of found themselves. So after I figured out who I really wanted to write about, then I looked at how would I organize them? Because I'm definitely too type A to just have it be a list of a hundred. Like I needed it to make. Yeah, but I think that's good. I like, I like the way it's organized because I think when you're reading to your child, you could say, well, who do you want to learn about? Do you want to learn about helpers? Do you want to learn about just people who discover things? So I think that it's also helpful for the parent Uh to look about kind of who they want to talk about, let's say when they're, when they're reading aloud with their child. When my nieces uh, got their copies of the book, and I, it was important to me that um, the little ones in my life got the, the f- very first ones. And they did. They went straight to the list of people and found exactly like who they mm-hmm. couldn't wait to read about. And, you know, they weren't reading at one through 100. They were starting with number 59. Like I have a niece that wants to be mm-hmm. a pilot. 
And she immediately found the pilot story and that was excited to start reading about that. And then that led her to read other stories. So yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I agree with that, that it's nice for kids to be able to kind of dig into the areas. And frankly, like if you're interested in artistic type, like if you want to be a photographer, well, maybe the whole section will help you see that there's a lot of other ways to use your creativity um, outside of the one thing that maybe you're interested in. Yeah. And also, I just also want to note, I love books about that have like these short stories because, you know, even though during a pandemic, things aren't as busy as it usually is. I feel like um, when I'm reading, let's say like during mealtime, it's nice to read like one or two stories and mm. to just reflect on those people. Because I know sometimes people like it's, it can be intimidating sometimes. Like if you have older kids to have to read like a very long chapter book, like, oh, we, you know, we started it and we didn't finish it. I really like these short little stories. I know with my son at bedtime, we always read um, some short stories. And sometimes what we'll do, if a child is more interested in learning about that career or character, you know, you could find more information about them. Um, but there's a lot that I've learned. I mean, I just, I love, I love all these little stories. And I also think, I also want to note that it's not just for little kids because I think also like even kids up to like middle school, I think would enjoy this because it's, it's sort of like learning about a hundred different people, just little, like kind of these short stories and, and then kind of just leaving it up to say you and your child to learn more about about the, all the different people. And also all from different yeah. times as well. When I was writing it, I, yeah. When I was writing it, I had in my mind that parents and kids would be writing, reading it together. And so I, after I wrote each story, I'd always ask myself, like, would I want to, would I be interested in reading this if I had my little one next to me? Like, would I find it interesting? And frankly, like when I think about the books on Ronnie's bookshelf or on my niece's bookshelf, like the ones that I grab are the ones that are interesting to me too. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, I'm really glad to hear you say that because that was certainly one of the things that I was trying to accomplish was making it interesting for the parents too, because I, mean, I like learning about, you know, different opportunities and, and careers and people. And if it's written in a way that it's interesting for both the parent and the kid, I think it just opens the opportunity for parent kid discussions that much easier when both people are interested in, in what's being written. Exactly. Exactly. I, I totally agree. So can you tell me about just your, your favorite stories in the book that you really like, you know, any of the people in the book that you wrote that you really feel connected to? Yeah, it was actually the, probably one of the last stories that I wrote. Um, I'd originally written about a different chemist and um, for a couple of reasons, they decided that, you know, they no longer wanted to, to participate in the book. And, and it was for very understandable reasons, no hard feelings. But right before I was, you know, getting ready to publish, I had to find a new chemist. And um, I met this woman who studies venom for a living. And so she works with snakes and with um, venomous snails and studies their venom and uses that to try to find a cure for cancer. And I just think for kids, like one, chemistry is a difficult concept to understand. So I, of all my stories, I think my favorite ones and, and the ones that kind of made my husband realize I was doing something special are the ones that explain a either like career that is complicated or maybe not as, as flashy as being a, um, actor or something like that, but takes, you know, a, a job like being a chemist that can be complicated to understand and breaks it down into a simple 
and easy to understand explanation. And then I just thought it was so cool that she does something that kids are into, right? Like kids love snakes and snake, like poison Mm -hmm. and things like that, that now you're talking about, you're still talking about chemistry and not only that, but like doing something wonderful for the world with it. So I, I just thought that was such, she has such an exceptional story and she was so excited to be involved. So it was, she was a, um, you know, a person that was a real pleasure to get to know. And I just think what she does is so cool. Yeah. And that kind of leads to my next question about, you know, about any of the, the people you got connected with in the story, like how that worked as far as like when you're writing about them, you know, what was your journey with that? As far as I know that, you know, you found, you found different people to write about because you connected Mm -hmm. with them, but what was the process in getting in touch with them about participating in the book? So um, for the most part, I was able to write about people that had autobiographies and, and things that if I wasn't able to get in touch with them, that I could still write from their perspective and using their own words. Um, but I just spent a lot of time, you know, trying to go through agents or, um, you know, and the nice thing about this book is that not everyone's famous. So there are still a couple famous people that I'm hoping will get in touch with me. But um, for the most part, they're kind of everyday people that did something exceptional. So a lot of people weren't that hard to get in touch with and were really excited to be seen as role models because, you know, a lot of them just are going about their daily lives. Like the woman I just talked about, um, you know, she's a professor at a university and like, I just got in touch with her through the school. So um, a lot of people weren't that hard to reach because I wasn't writing entirely about famous people. I was also writing about everyday people too. Well, I think that's what makes it so relatable and special is that you don't have to be famous to have, you know, like to make your own mark. I totally agree. That's, you know, and, and that's the thing I think that we have to explain to kids. Cause I think also just with all of the media, I mean, I have kids that are enduring teenage years. So when they see famous like YouTube <laughs> stars and things like that, and you know, that there are these, all these different careers. That's what I really like about your book that it kind of, it just talks about kind of, you know, just everyday people doing extraordinary things. And I think that it's, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful book. I think it's not just a book where you sit down and you just read it once. It's something that could be read over time. And even you could come back to it as well, because you're not going to sit down and maybe read all the hundred stories at once. You're going to read it over time with your kids. And you're going to look at the stuff that interests you, that your child is interested in. And also as your child gets older, something that may have not interested them before could interest them later, right. a couple of years later. So maybe... You know, your child, once you were talking about, let's say your niece wanting to be a pilot, maybe a couple of years later, she's interested in chemistry and she Mm. looks at that, you know, she looks at that story. So I think it's one of those things that's timeless. And I think even from five years from now, we could look back at this and we could also read the stories and enjoy them. It's not just about like Dr. Seuss is timeless, right? Mm. So, um, so I want to just talk about my last question is about the illustrations because it's interesting. Your illustrations are um, are interesting. And I was wondering about, you know, what your thought process was in how you wanted to represent the different people in the book. Like, what was your thought process with that? Yeah, actually, um, as I was interviewing illustrators, I, you know, had one I used one real person's picture and then, you know, obviously everyone had a different take on how to illustrate. And 
what I found was that I really wanted to keep the pictures as realistic as possible, but still have them illustrated because um, I thought about using pictures, but then it, it just felt too much like a textbook. Like I still wanted it to feel like a bedtime storybook, mm-hmm. but I felt like if they were made to be too whimsical, that it would start to feel more like a fairy tale. And for me, I didn't want it to seem unattainable. Like I didn't want it to seem like some far off princess in a castle. I wanted it to seem like, oh, that could be me too. So um, I really tried hard to um, work with my illustrator to keep the illustrations um, somewhat realistic while still being fun for kids to look at. Yeah, I think they're really unique. You know, I I really like them. So actually, I did have another question because I wanted you to talk a little bit more about what was interesting is that on your website, you offered, you know, all different versions of your book. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering if you just talk a little a minute about that, where you have like a whole collection, but then you could also buy separate, um, separate books that are kind of categorized or I guess according to career. But if you could talk about that a little bit more. Sure. So um, I mean, the reality of being a self-published author is that in order to sell a 100-page colored book, I had to sell it for more than, frankly, I wanted to when I set out to write this book. And I just felt like kids that whose parents couldn't afford a $30 book should still have access to this information. And so maybe you couldn't buy the whole book at once. Um, so I tried to make Um, pare the book down into sections. So there's three books that the three books have all the same stories as the large 100 collection, but I wanted to make it as accessible and attainable as possible to all kids. Um, And maybe libraries couldn't take the whole book or maybe like certain schools wanted to focus more on the STEM type of um, careers. So that might be a better fit for schools to take. So I really just wanted to make it as accessible as possible for people. Right. So I just, well, thank you so much for today. Is there anything else that you want to talk about before we finish up? Yeah, I think the the last thing I wanted to say was one of the things that was important to me in writing this book is that um, I think that kids learn so well through play. And so each of the story kind of ends in a way that you can go start having an interest in that particular career. And I have this daydream that parents will use this book and like when their kids are bored, say, you know what, let's open Dream It and do it and flip to story 50 and see what activity there is. Um, There's a a free activity guide on my website as well. And I think that if when kids start having interest, that's really where, you know, they, my cat, (laughs) begin to, uh, to really figure out who they are. So hopefully, you know, this book is more than just about reading. It's also about playing and kind of discovering what kids are interested in. Yeah, I love that. Well, thank you so much for today. And where could, and you could purchase this book where we could purchase it through your website and on Amazon yep. or Brenda Noble. That's correct. Yep. So the hardcover is available on my website and the paperback versions on Amazon. And it's a great gift, I think, for the holidays as well. So, well, thanks so much. I really appreciate you having you on or having me on. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you so much. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed talking to you and I've, and I'm going to keep reading your book because we haven't finished it yet. So, Thank you well, so much. I look forward to hearing you when you get through it. Let me know what you think. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you, for, thank you for listening today. Listen and learn with us at Language During Mealtime. <laughs>